You know how they always say live and learn after a deeply personal and often surprisingly unpleasant experience? Well, I aim to turn that idiom on its head with more positive reinforcement through this podcast. Hi, I am Shivraj Prashad, your host. The folks I feature on my episodes have all taken that leap of faith to bring you the means to live a better life. People hire useful and hands-on professionals, not the easily available and the desperate ones. Today we look at my penultimate conversation with Zain Khan, author of Bouncing Back from a COVID Layoff, the practical guide on survival and starting over. We turn to the practicalities of getting back on the proverbial horse and looking for that next job and all that comes with it. Reconnecting with your networks, revisiting your resume, prepping for rounds of new job interviews. Zen, you left listeners with something really to think about when we spoke last. What implication does that have for someone just out of a job and looking? So in the last episode, I asked that when you call someone and ask for their help to get them a job, they will listen to you and also promise all help. However, when you try reaching them, let's say after a week or 10 days and then onwards, they will not answer your call. We all are too familiar with this. But have you ever thought why this happens? So here's the psychology behind it. There are two reasons for this. One of this is that the person close enough to you, they will not have any update and they probably wouldn't have done anything about it. And if you put the onus on them to find you a job, they will feel guilty about it. So they won't take your call. Or let's say they don't have a face to face you. Number two reason is, if the person is not someone who knows you well, then they just want to keep any negativity away from their orbit. Someone desperately needing help in bad shape, etc. is negativity. And they would steer clear. Not looking and sounding desperate is one thing. But then what are the strategies to get over that and do something about searching for another job? So, as I said, that it's a it's a precarious situation where people are not letting you into their uh, you know into their orbit or they're not wanting to help or trying to help or they're too busy and all to break in the way to go is not to overwhelm the person with the onus of they alone helping you make your job search just one of the conversation topics not the topic also try to infuse as much positivity in your talk as you can this will keep them cutting you off Try it. It works. And and be positive and convey the positivity as you go. In your chapter about the job search, you talk about various options. So let's start with job portals. You have some really interesting nuggets in that chapter on how they work and what you must and mustn't do. What are these very important insights? Well, I have spent a, a large uh, part of the book on, on this particular topic. I'll just quickly tell you some of the main points that you can start with. First of all, list yourself in at least two to three job portals based on your industry and the job portal that better caters to its needs. Make appropriate changes to your resume to include the keywords that are linked to your skills and experience. Also, if a portal asks you to fill in its fields in their own format, do so. Skipping this will leave your resume at the mercy of a parsing or an automated resume reading software. That is about 95% efficient. 
this could be the critical 5% that you would be missing out. So be careful on that. Then make a concise yet representative summary of your resume as a headline. Chances are a recruiter may only have a look at this alone and decide to either read further or not. Suit your resume to the job description. The idea here is not to hoodwink anyone. It's only to ensure that your most important skills are well highlighted. Well, job portals allow you to create numerous different versions of your CV. Then mention your salary. This is a ballpark figure and matters a lot to the recruiter. Is it any different than when you search for jobs offline or through postings or actively searching? Well, the trick is treat every job opening separately and handle it appropriately. Rewrite your resume to suit an opening and have a concise and informative cover letter with it. When you look for jobs, make sure you have read the requirement properly and you have well understood it and you are sure that you are eligible for it. Please do not annoy the recruiters with multiple applications or when you are not qualified for the positions. And and do not do that for the same portal or the same company. You are only making things bad for yourself. When we turn to networking, you use an interesting phrase, self-steering your career path. What does that entail and how important is that to keep you visible and viable? Okay, so in the present times, irrespective of the pandemic, you are free to upgrade skills, change industries, or even your base skills and and crossovers. So this flexibility puts the onus totally on you as to where you want to be and what you want to achieve. The short-term and long-term goals are decided by you. Now, when you know where you want to be, you follow and connect with people who will make this easier for you. They're already there. So you, so if you flock around those people, you will reach your goals. To keep yourself visible, you have to keep interacting in the networking sites by commenting, by posting, and, and various other activities. You have to be active. And this, this sends a message to all your connections that you exist and you are doing something something important or something interesting. Now, we all use social networks and you just refer to them like LinkedIn and Facebook. But what cautionary advice do you have for folks out of jobs? As I said in the beginning, desperation will put more people off than make them want to help you. Look, jobs are for profitable businesses and not charity. No one will do a mercy hiring. So first of all, please do not degrade yourself by telling people how bad things are for you. You only lose self-respect and sure short rejection from people who might have hired you. Whatever the circumstances, SOSs are not a good idea. Also, spreading yourself too thin over these networks by multiple applications or chasing recruiters or managers will only dilute your chances of landing a job. People hire useful and hands-on professionals, not the easily available and the desperate ones. CV or resume, I particularly found this chapter useful because, of course, you make that distinction between the two because we tend to take it for granted that we keep adding new experience to that document to feel good about ourselves. But there are other considerations when this goes out in the job market, right? What are the do's and don'ts here? Well, use a smooth structure for your resume. Do not complicate things. Do not be overtly detailed or laden with archaic language or graphics, which are like uh, you get fascinated by them. But look at the end user, the recruiter or a decision maker. Can he find that useful information easily? 
ensure that important information like your contact, your date of birth, qualifications are easily available and no one has to look for them. List your work experience in reverse chronological sequence and emphasize mostly on your past 7 to 10 years of experience. Also, ensure that you have all the representative keywords in your resume. Your resume will most probably pass through an ATS, that is application tracking system. So it should be all text. If you put stuff into graphics, it won't be read. Address any substantial gaps between jobs or during studies. Briefly explain why it occurred. On the job interview, it's make or break no matter how experienced or accomplished you are, right? I know you've done considerable work training aspirants on prepping, but how critical is that prepping process? I would say the most critical. Your skill and qualification gets an importance of about 20%. Another 20% is about whether you are a risk. 10% is about money. The rest, 50% is all about whether you are liked by the interviewers. Now, when I say liked, it does not mean that there's a personal like or dislike. It's about whether you fit in into the culture of the organization. You show that promise that yet could, you could be a good professional and a good employee for them. And you have to make them confident about this. A good or a bad interview is actually the deciding part in the process. There are also those trick questions that pop up at interviews as opposed to the skill ones. What are some of your tips to acing them? So there are questions that are asked to ensure you know your trade. Then there are those that see whether your goals are aligned with the business goals of the organization and then some about your commitment. However, there are these questions like, tell me about yourself or let's say, what's your biggest weakness or why should we hire you only and not others? Or why do you need this job? And believe me, these will be asked almost in every interview. Yet, many of us do not prepare these answers. There are logical and appropriate answers that should go for these. Next, in the final episode, we will be discussing what you can do to prepare for the eventuality that you may not get a regular job. What you can do in the meantime and how you could start a side hustle. What, Zen, is then your big takeaway message here for listeners? So while you are busy looking for a job or appearing for interviews, you can utilize the time to either upgrade your skills as by taking up a new learning, a course or a diploma or a certification. You can also consider starting a small business, maybe a hobby that you can then get you some income or something as a foundation for a future entrepreneurship. I've listed a number of courses in my book and the criteria for selecting them. Also, a list of very doable side businesses that can continue even if after you have found your job. All right, Zen, of course, we will be discussing that in more detail. And I think there are some very interesting stories that you also recount when talking about starting a side hustle and veering away from this obsession and finding a job. Thank you so much. And we will be chatting again in our final episode. I'd be interested in hearing from you and what questions you might have for Zen and I'd be happy to put them to him. It's very simple. All you have to do is send me a voice message on WhatsApp on plus 919625475442 or you can email me at shivraj at brevis.in And I'll be sure to include your message in the next few series of conversations I have with Zen. You can also listen to past episodes of the Live and Learn podcast on liveandlearn.buzzsprout.com. Until then, 
Stay safe and stay in touch.